one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Today's podcast is sponsored by one of our favorite products, Almond Cow. We've been using it for well over a year, and I say we, mostly my husband Mark who is mooing. Honey, what are your thoughts about Almond Cow? <laughs> this is the Moo Man. He's back. <laughs> I love the Almond Cow because we know how great it is. Anything that you could can make a plant-based milk with, you're set. And I just have it. I don't need to make make that much. It's just sitting in the pantry. And then when we're ready, I just make it. It takes a minute. Is it? It tastes so good. It tastes so good. And. For those of you who are thinking about it, let me tell you why. There, there are no added preservatives, any kind of artificial stuff. You put in it what you want. You can sweeten it to your taste. It is so easy to make, so easy to clean up, and it's pure gold. It really is. And they give you a lot of recipes on the Almond Cow website. You have the recipe, so you don't have to think, you don't have to go anywhere to find it. It's there for you. Yes, we love it so much. So if you're interested in getting your own, go check out the link or just go to their site, almondcow.co. And you can use code Lara, L-A-R-A, for extra savings. Go get yourself one and have fun. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns, so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Friday with Friends. Today, I have the honor of having a woman on here that I have just loved from a distance for quite some time. Dr. Aria Young is her name, and I've been following her on Instagram because she something about her account just really pulled me in. Uh, she's a doctor. She's a naturopathic physician. So I love her focus on this holistic healing, but she really primarily focuses on mental health and she utilizes her social media to educate others and also to give others this feeling that they're not alone in their experiences and along their journey. And we talk about how she does that, how she came to doing that, her own mental health um, journey and practices, and so much more. She is such a dear, and I just cannot wait for you to listen to this podcast. Welcome, Aria. I am so excited to have you. I know we were talking about it beforehand, but I've really been patiently waiting to, to have you on the podcast because I just adore you, even though I've never met you personally. I appreciate you so much. I was actually saying, you know, right before this, that I feel like Laura has been patient with me because it took me so long to end up actually getting here to this point. So thank you so much. Um, 
again, like what we were talking about before, you are so intentional and your, you know, wisdom and you're just a wealth of knowledge. And so I just felt so humbled to be asked to even be on here. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, you're very inspiring. And, you know, I, um, I'm probably like you, I follow people very personally that, uh, that, that I just feel like I can learn something from, or I just want to support them or I, or I relate to. And there's, there were so many things that I loved when I saw your page. Of course, being vegan was one of them. I loved your tattoos. You're gorgeous. You're very, and, and your, all your stuff on social media is so well done. Um, but I think in true honesty, I think being in the uh, kind of profession of medicine and just not, not medicine per se, like the traditional model, but I do like it when somebody has that extra, um, that extra background, that academic background. So you being a doctor, like kind of like put it sealed all the stuff, because what I knew is that you had your own personal wisdom, but then you had done the work to really um, enhance all of that. So can we talk a little bit about you're a naturopathic doctor, right? Physician. Can you explain to people what that is, how it's different, and maybe even like how you chose that? Yeah. So I'll start off with how I actually ended up choosing it. This is how I was raised. Um, my parents were very holistic based. Um, I've got, you know, chiropractors and other kind of integrative uh, medical professionals in my family as well. So I think that kind of helped mold it. Um, so it inspired me a lot as I was growing up. Um, I think I remember when I was like 15, I ended up going into our medicine cabinet or I shouldn't put quotes on it, but it just kind of had everything in there. It was all the things. Um, and some of them were like meds, like ibuprofen and stuff like that. But I wanted to know why we even had all this stuff. And so I started mm -hmm. researching, you know, nutrients, herbs, stuff like that. And I got really interested in the fact that there are also natural things out there that can help us with our health. So um, in kind of doing that, I wasn't really sure what direction I wanted to go with my life still. I think that I always knew that being a doctor made the most sense to me and that's what I wanted to do moving forward, but I still didn't really have much direction. So when I started college, I was undeclared for as long as I possibly could because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and then finally, I was sitting down with my guidance counselor, whoever it was, and she was like, you have to make a decision on what you want to do. And so I looked at her and I was like, pre-med, we'll just do pre-med. She's like, that's not really a decision people make just <laughs> sitting down. Are you sure? I was like, yeah, pre-med, um, I'll figure it out. So obviously did that. And then I think it was towards the end of college that I ended up realizing that they had a program for naturopathic integrative medicine here in Arizona, which made it really convenient for me. And um, so I kind of just decided that's what I was going to do. It was like a really easy decision once I put my mind to it. Um, so for people who don't know, naturopathic medicine is holistic medicine. So it's a way of supporting the body's innate ability to heal itself through various mechanisms. So this can include include um, like hydrotherapy, it can include acupuncture, it can include herbs, it can include nutrition. I mean, diet lifestyle is is a fundamental, you know, I know it's something that's been around for a long time and kind of 
well, I mean, most medical professionals do that, but that is, you know, also a way of really kind of celebrating this, this form of medicine. So I think there's a little bit of uh, misconception with, at least like here in Arizona, I also hold a DEA license, so I can prescribe meds and there's kind of a time and a place for that. Um, I took boards uh, with the idea that I would also be licensed to be able to prescribe meds as well. And so um, also kind of finding that line of like, is this, you know, a situation where we can use the natural therapies or is this kind of a medication thing? It also gives patients the option to choose. Do you want to go this route where you might have to take more supplements, kind of regimented stuff like that? Or do you just want to do the med? Like what's easiest for you? Um, and I think that that's another aspect of this medicine that a lot of people um, don't realize is it gives more options, really. It just allows the patient to take more control over their health, um, feel like they have more autonomy, as they should, um, and be the final decision maker in, in what's going to happen moving forward. I love that because it's not like making something better or worse or evil or good. It's really saying there's an abundance of choices and it's good for people to know that, yes, we absolutely need the pharmaceutical drugs. Most of them will come with some kind of side effect, which might not occur if you're taking the alternative, right? Like a botanical or herbal version, or you might have something there as well. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. And you can absolutely have side effects with some herbal preparations or um, even some like uh, inositol, for instance, just because this is on the top of my mind, because this is something that I was talking to someone else about today. Um, if you take too much of it at once, you can get GI upset. You can have, you know, um, loose stool, stuff like that. So it's important to kind of know these things. Also, some herbs and natural substances just don't play well with other medications that people might be on or they're not well indicated for certain diagnoses. If someone has a history of something, and you want to be aware of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, really, it's kind of a time and a place. Everything kind of potentially has its downsides. People, I think, flock to um, alternative medicine, though, because there are less downsides in a lot of regards. And it does play nicer with the body. Um, that's kind of its main selling point, right? So um, ultimately, yes, but, you know, there are some things to always consider. And you know, we go through a lot of that when we go through the training to to make sure. So I was going to say, it seems like unlike traditional medicine where you really have a specialization, I mean, unless you're an internist for say, like a family med, um, and then you really hyper-focus on that, but you don't really look at the other systems of the body. This is what you know. And you have to kind of look at everything, how all the parts of the bodies uh, are talking to each other, are, are in balance or not. Plus, it seems like a pretty rigorous pharmacological background you have to have. Yeah. Was that overwhelming? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, it's a lot, you know, um, and it's totally worth it with uh, mental health, which is a lot of what I do. It's not the only thing I do, but with mental health, it definitely requires the knowledge of all systems. Not that anything doesn't. Um, when you go into this field, it's, you have to know everything. You will know everything and you must because, um, you know, you can't isolate aspects of the body and expect to succeed. So, but especially when it comes to mental health, you, you really need to be aware. And I am always learning. And then some of the knowledge that I have, it, it conflicts with, you know, current knowledge and you kind of have to know how to navigate that. So it's not even just school, like school is a lot. 
because again, you kind of have to know everything. Um, but really the ongoing knowledge also has that. So it's almost kind of like you're trained to know moving forward, hey, things are going to change. And, you know, the research, we're going to come out with new research and some, some stuff might look different and you kind of have to be prepared for that. So it's a lot, of course, but when it comes to something that's sacred like this, um, that's kind of what you sign up for. And yeah. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I am sometimes I like look around and I can't believe this is where I'm at. This was never the plan. Like I thought I would be doing something completely different. And I feel so humbled that I'm in this position, you know, that I'm even talking to you today because I have been able to grow on social media and like really reach so many people in the way that I do, which I never thought I would like ever. I still pinch myself sometimes, um, but I feel so humbled. I mm. really can't believe it sometimes. So, you know, it's a lot, but it's it's something that I love. And I, again, like feel very humbled that I'm the person that's able to do it. Well, I think that's a key ingredient in what comes out with, I was just interviewed earlier about it, um, being an entrepreneur. And I said a big part of it is having humility. And I think that's exactly what you're tapping into is this um, this sense of, yeah, gratitude for for what you have been able to accomplish. And because you are, in a way, a medical entrepreneur, you know, forging your own path, growing your business, um, getting clients. I mean, all that requires putting yourself out there. You're not just showing up at a hospital and whatever clients come your way. So on that note, how did you... Did you start off right away kind of working for yourself or were you working in a more uh, kind of, I guess, established practice that was not your own? Yeah. So great question. So um, the whole like presence I have also on social media like ties into all of this. It's really crazy. So I like took boards and was licensed at the end of 2019 or something like that. Um, and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. I was kind of trying to find my way. And so I was initially working for somebody else and kind of doing um, like body work type stuff. Um, they were using like a lot of different machines, um, like stim machines and stuff like that. And I kind of liked it, but it wasn't really where I wanted to be. Wasn't still really sure what I wanted to do. Um, that kind of naturally came to an end at the beginning of 2020 anyway. So we're like nearing COVID at this point, but it was at the beginning of 2020, like in January. And then was like trying to figure out what I wanted to do from there, but nothing was really fulfilling. And then COVID obviously hit. And I guess it's important to, to highlight that my life had been really chaotic for a long time. And medical school will do that to you but things were just all over the place I was in a relationship at the time that was in no way shape or form serving me um so March 2020 happened and at least in Arizona that's when everything came to a standstill and you know COVID was very much so here and that also kind of changed a lot of things too right like people weren't going out to do anything including doctor's appointments everything went virtual and you know telehealth and stuff so I had no idea what direction I wanted to go in. And I'll be honest, for a couple months, I was lost. Like, I just didn't really know it was going to fulfill me. I will have to be very honest with this, too, and say that, like, I questioned my career choice a little bit at that point. I was just not really sure because nothing I was doing fit. So 
COVID was a weird period. Um, and like after a month or two, I had a friend actually who was a colleague of mine who was like, you need to get on TikTok. And I, I think I stared at him for 15 seconds with no facial expression, like trying to figure out if he was being serious or not. It's like, you need to get on TikTok. It's, it's like, it could be lucrative. Like you could reach a bunch of people, you could do this and that. And I am not really an entrepreneurial <laughs> type person. I was like working for myself. Like, are you serious? No, I've, I'm supposed to work for somebody else. This is not, this was not in the cards. He's like, no, get on TikTok. Like you can do this whole thing. And I, I was still pretty gun shy for a while, but I'm like, I'll get on TikTok. I'll like do the thing, you know, whatever. And so for the first like six months of me being on it, it was, yeah, like I gained somewhat of a following um but it wasn't really I could still tell it wasn't really where I wanted to be at and so you know I still have my friend chirping in my ear and saying you know just keep at it keep doing this and that and I just I really didn't understand what I wanted to do so fast forward to like the end of 2020 is when my life kind of blew up um end of a relationship I had to do some really hard introspection on myself as to why everything was just it, it just lacked a lot of color. Mm. I really wasn't happy and I hadn't felt that way in a while. I felt really empowered and excited for the end of school and to go off on my own. And then like that was not at all what ended up happening. So at the end of 2020, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to be honest. And People will probably think I'm weird because anytime you're vulnerable about things on social media, people think you're weird. Now, we've come a long way in the last few years. I have to say that. But I was like, I don't know, whatever. I'll just document my healing journey. There's got to be something to this. Most people know at this point because I had posted here and there that I had I've had a lifelong history with anxiety and depression and a lot of other things. It's not limited to those. And so mental health has been very near and dear to me. This has been something that I, has been a lifelong journey for me. And so I started posting about it authentically on um, Instagram initially. And I can't believe how much it took off. It was really odd. And all these people who are saying that they felt the exact same way and could relate to me. And as somebody that's had a hard time relating to other people as mental health will do that, um, it was very special. And I realized at that point that there was something real there, that there was a there was an area that needed to be watered in mm -hmm. society. And so I kept at that and I continued to document because guess what? Things did not resolve after a few months. Right. It's been ongoing. It's gotten better, but it's been ongoing. And so I continued that. I just started being honest on like TikTok more more so as well and just kind of talking about things being more open instead of being like hey you know just general kind of teaching content it was more so geared towards mental health and had a little bit more of like a personal application and again like people responded pretty well at first there was like a, a sharp increase and then I kind of plateaued out and from there I kind of took it ran with it I've changed it a little bit the more I've gotten comfortable um behind you know, the camera and telling the whole world all of my most intimate parts of myself, the more I feel like I've been able to connect and kind of change how I do things too. So now it's, I mean, my content now is very like, it's very media, like we're just going to have a conversation and, you know, I'll still, I'll still do some kind of general education about mental health, but a lot of it really is, are, it's like 
this personal application of what it feels like and what also can help people in those moments where I had no direction. I had no idea what I was doing and nobody could help me and nobody was really giving me the advice that I needed other than like one friend that I have and I swear she is worth her weight in gold. Um, and she was also what really inspired me to start digging deeper and kind of doing this healing work. Um, the stuff I was doing before just wasn't helping me. I don't feel like it was helping other people. And so go like going through all of that long story longer has helped me be a better doctor to other people as well. But I mean, social media, a lot of the time I feel like has been far more helpful for people than any of my consults do because it, you know, it helps people even from a distance. Someone who doesn't know me, someone who's like never even interacted with me be like, wow, one person just cares. One person knows what this feels like. And getting that connection is, again, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. And I know this from experience. So that's kind of been my saga, I guess. It's, just pinned yeah, it down. it's beautiful. And I think, you know, unlike, say, phys fitness or physical stuff, like, like the mental health, people who have anything that feels out of balance in whatever way, for some reason, it feels like you're the only one, you know? And I think what you do with what, like what I've seen is that you say, here, I'm a doctor. Uh, you know, you're not saying I'm beautiful, but look at me, I've got, and I am, and I'm struggling and this is triggering me and this is what I had to do. And oh, I had to back off, you know, like you're taking people along on a journey that's giving them this sense like, oh, you know what? I, I see myself in that, like I'm not alone. And I think more than anything, we always know like what people want is they need to be heard and they need to be seen. Yes. And being seen can be seeing someone else who's saying the exact same things like I've thought too, you know? And I think that's what's so impactful. It's, incre it's incredible how impactful that is and that you just kind of figured like, you know, let me just share with what, what I'm going through. Yeah. Well, I feel like it like gives people permission to be more honest with themselves too you know like confidence is not a is not a integral part of having mental health struggles it's very challenging and this has been an on again an ongoing journey for me but i feel like when one person takes that step of being like i'm a mess and like i might know things i know a lot of things right but it doesn't change the fact that i've been through what i've been through and this is what's out on the other side and it's my responsibility, right? I get it. Maybe it, those weren't my fault, but it's my responsibility now to do what I can to pick myself up and move forward. And, you know, it is very inspiring for other people, which is great. Like that's, that's what keeps me going because truthfully, and like, I think every single patient or client I've ever had can say this as well. When I don't feel like I'm really helping people that I haven't hit that nail, I, take it personally on myself like mm -hmm. i'm very much so invested in am i actually helping you because that's what's important to me it's not about anything else um the most purpose i feel like i've ever gotten the most connected the most anything has been when i feel like i'm really kind of seeing eye to eye with with the individual with one person not like a massive group of people maybe all of the individuals in that group but it's like we see each other Somebody gets me. And again, that was something I never truly felt like I got like all throughout childhood, even in my early 20s. I just I literally the amount of times I was like, I don't, 
feel like I belong here, you know, not in like a super dark way, but just in like, can I get some connection, man? Like, it's so hard to find. And so I, I used to be like, I hope I've like helped at least one people. I know that I have because people tell me and I, I now say I'm so grateful, even if it's just been a couple people that someone feels like they are cared about mm. on some level or they feel like they're not alone. You know, it's there's some kind of information you know, some kind of content that I create that people can use and hold on to in their darkest of times. You know, I think yeah. that's really what it's all about. This is what I feel like it means to be a doctor. And I, don't know I, I agree. And and it, what's also just important is that you like literally can empathize, right? Exactly. So it's not like, oh, I know this academically and but I also know this in my cells, you know, in my experience. I've worn it. I feel it. I, it is an ongoing um, struggle at times, but it's an experience that I can relate to. I don't, because I, I think doctors, my dad was a doctor, so I, I have, my brother's a doctor. I have a lot of doctors, uh, medical people in my life, and there is this, um, a little bit of a barrier, like you wouldn't necessarily know especially with mental health, like what is going on behind that? Like I've, I've had clients who I work with and who are psychologists and they'll say, I'm not applying what I'm telling people, like, you know, and I, that's like one thing I know I really do because it's easy for me because it's like, I am applying what I teach, but yes. that is not always the case, especially in, you know, it's not just mental health. You can see physicians who are in terrible shape and all of that. Yeah. Um, what would you, I mean, this is such a big, like, throw something on the wall and let's see what sticks. But yeah. if you were to pinpoint a few things, what are the biggest contributors to the mental health, dare I say, crisis? <laughs> um, is it maybe we have more exposure to it? Maybe it's always been there, but it does seem like, obviously, mental health is um, precarious for so many. What, what would you say are some of the some of the underlying issues i talk about society i think every single day with everybody just so they can have this moment of validation in that this was never supposed to be the way it was supposed to go just that alone mm -hmm. we live in a society that is nuts it was never supposed to be set up this way now some people have cultivated their lives so it matches a little bit more of how we're naturally supposed to like work rest like I get that but and, and I think it's a United States thing also I know this isn't like global I know in some places there are also still issues but we find in other places like especially in Spain we don't have the same problem um but our the way that we live our lives in the United States is just not sustainable at all um I know that a and lot the of value of money and capitalism. I mean, yes. I do think that that underlies a lot. Of course, we want to we want to have shelter. We want to have like, you yes. know, our, you know, we want these things. But it's that 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 is like a gold standard, and everything else, you know, better better contribute to that, or it's not going to be high value. For yeah. instance, health is. I mean, we yeah. spend. We spend trillions on health, and yet we're probably in the top 10 worst <laughs> in health. 
Yeah. Seriously. I know. Well, and also like we have not a healthcare system. It is a sick care system and the whole thing is backwards. And I mean, we could talk all day about just the, the structure of how none of this makes any sense and it sets up no one for success. Um, and again, like it's not doable and this is not on, and I always say this to people too, like this isn't your fault. It's not your fault that you have trouble trying to find some kind of solace in this society. I mean, we're all victims to it. It's it's very challenging. And I mean, if you're in a position like me, where I've like cultivated my life very specifically, where, you know, I'm able to kind of get more of that, then then awesome, great. I feel very privileged, but not everybody gets that. And I think it's important for the people who like, you know, they can't take they can't even take days off, you know, of so many of these these corporate systems don't even allow sick days, let alone like mental health days, which I think should be mandatory for sure. I mean, we they don't need them in a lot of these other countries because they just don't they don't work people. They get we six weeks people. vacation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And like it's so it's but that's the thing is I'm like, it's not I am not condemning you because I know that it is an impossible way to navigate all this. But this society in general is working against us. So that's obviously not something everyone can change. And we always want to focus on things that we have control over and that we can change. So we stay empowered. And so it's like, all right, well, now to try to find how we can live in such crazy circumstances, right? Because it's changed a lot even over the last 20, 30 years. Um, I think it'll continue to change in the right or in the same trajectory. And so if that happens, how do we continue our sanity? But I think that that's probably the biggest contributor. Um it's funny too because social media is so like paradoxical because it can connect you mm -hmm. it can also isolate you and yeah. i think social media also has that component and that's why i do try to tell people as much as i can it's funny because i'm re really not on social media all that much i always say like i post and i connect with as many people as i can connect to in like a certain time frame and then i kind of get off because i need that i need that detox for my own sanity because I've done the opposite side where it was like try to connect to as many people and you know read the comments and spend all this time on it because that's so much of what I'm doing and boy did it work against me mm -hmm. um yeah. not not a good plan so now I've, I've found that balance because I love connecting with people but I also know the other side to it so social media can be very isolating though um it can also unfortunately cause people to compare their mm -hmm. life to other people's and, and social media a lot of the time is a highlight reel i try not to use mine as that i know that you, you, oh, don't you definitely don't yeah oh yeah, yeah. no okay good yeah. girl i want everyone to know i'm struggling okay <laughs> yeah yeah you're like don't worry i know and yeah. that's why from the very beginning i was never in like fancy clothes I didn't have yeah. great lighting. I was just like, here's a little sequence. And it and worked. It did. And actually, that's, I think, what kind of separated me at first is it's like, oh, you're not in like uh, this, you know, $1,000 outfit on on a beach doing all these crate with this amazing lighting. It's like right. that is fabricated. And this is just yes. like, here, hop on and try this. And, and you know, one, it's I look at it like magazine covers. A magazine cover is just that. If you go in there knowing like, Pretty much anyone could look gorgeous on that because of the amount of stuff that can, I mean, can be done to it. So it's like you have to look at it exactly at the face value for what it is, but not everybody can do that, right? I know, I know. And
I don't know about you, but when I think of vacation, it's not quite complete if I'm not doing some movement, if I'm not getting out and having an experience. Why not join us for a vacation and move your body, laugh, experience joy with us in Europe this summer? That's right. The Lit Team is coming to Europe. We start off in Paris, France, July 15th through 16th. Ooh la la. We have two classes there, Prime Your Power and Find Your Lift. We also have some excursions like private wine and vegan cheese tasting and a Sunday brunch. Then we head on to Frankfurt, Germany, July 18th through 20th. There I'm doing three classes, Power of the Pole, Master Soas, and Set to Launch. We also have a private guided bike tour that you can join us on. So it's not just in the studio, but outside. We congregate, we laugh, we experience good food, we have fun. And then finally, we will end up in Salzburg, Austria, July 22nd and 23rd. There will be three classes there, Sustainable Shoulders, Better Backbending, and Spark. And then you can join us, I'm so excited for this, on a private Sound of Music bike tour. That's right. You can do things in the studio, outside the studio, move your body, learn from us. You don't have to be a Lit Daily subscriber. You don't even have to ever practice Lit. But do you want to know more about your body? Do you want to have hope for your future self by actually learning educational tools while having such a great time with us? So join us. Go visit the show notes and sign up. Remember, we're going to be in Paris, Frankfurt, and Salzburg. And we'd love, love, love to have you join us. I uh, I think that there are definitely good and bad parts. And I think part of my job is just to use the good side of mm-hmm. social media as much as possible, although it will never be one way or another. I mean, sometimes I will occasionally like find random videos or like ran- like random content and I'll look at the comments. I'll look at the video and I'm like, let's see what the comments say. And I don't know why I should be shocked. Maybe because I don't want to be like cynical or like numb to how society can be. But I'm still shocked at how much people will be awful. Vitriol. Oh, awful. Yeah. And you're never going to be able to control that is. And as somebody that went through that and I took that so to heart initially, I was I don't know what I was expecting, but I was not expecting that. As somebody that went through that and now is completely on the other side, um, it's so much better over here. And it just goes to show that, you know, you can't always win. People will always have their opinion. I also like preach this very much so that like how people treat others is a reflection of how they feel about themselves. It really doesn't have much to do with you. So you really shouldn't take it personally anyway. Um, But I'm talking like there'll be like cooking videos and the comments that I'll see. I'm just like, okay, so it's here. You can't and win anywhere. No, 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 no. So like the best you can do is really try to highlight the positive side of it and, and, and help people in the best possible way. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's funny that I talk about social media though, because it is so much of what I do, but I, I have to recognize the other side of it. You I, know, I'm do- with you completely. There are days and, where I'm like, oh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Seriously. <laughs> you know? And I think no, that's seriously. really, I think that's really important to recognize because it can be exhausting. It can be, you know, you can see like the, the way people treat each other or respond to something. And um, it, yeah, it is. It, it, so I think it's, it's like what you do and probably what I do is 
provide content, try and engage. But I think doing a lot more than that um, can be tricky. So for people who might not have like their brand or whatever as they're on social media, really choose people that you that make you feel happy. Like what I follow, I follow you. I follow a ton of animal accounts. <laughs> I mean, if I were to sit there and lose an hour of my time, yeah. I, it's only going to be on really cute animal videos. Right. And because it just makes me happy. So yeah. make sure that it, you leave that when you get off that app, that you're leaving right. happier or as happy as you were. You're not leaving feeling lower. That's mm -hmm. a sign. Yeah. And you talk about vulnerability over validation. You said that in one of your posts, and I've heard you say yeah. that a few times. Can you explain like how someone could distinguish between the two? Yes. So vulnerability is when you are being your authentic self, regardless of how other people might think or feel about it or whether or not they're going to accept you. You're showing all parts of you, the parts you're proud of, parts you might not be proud of, parts that you have worked on, parts you maybe haven't worked on. It's all of it. It's this is me, right? Validation is a lot of the times adjusting or dare I say manipulating because it's the same thing. Um, who you might be based on what you think will get you the acceptance from other people. Um, this is obviously something I've struggled with or did struggle with for a long time. I really actually feel like I'm coming out of it a lot more now. I talk about this a lot though because Although I didn't recognize this until I think the beginning of last year, I think it was, yeah, it was like either the very end of 2021 or beginning of 2022. I have been a freaking people pleaser my entire life. And I didn't, I literally didn't get that. And so that was a point I'm like, great, here's another place that we need to start because I'm always kind of being shown, hey, there's this part that maybe you didn't realize you had, but you probably should. Um, Can we stop so, there for a second? Because I, I feel like there's probably 80% of our population are people pleasers or yeah. definitely in the majority. Yeah. So how would you define people pleasing versus caring about what somebody thinks? Like, what's the difference for you? So people pleasing, well, the caring about what someone thinks is so much a part of that. But the people pleasing is is a trauma response. So it's a trauma mm -hmm. response where you had to kind of morph the way you did things in order to create safety for yourself because there was somebody else who couldn't regulate their emotions and therefore you felt it was it was your responsibility to do that in order to avoid the lack of safety that might come with their response, right? Right. So oh, that's a very big difference. I think people yes. really need to know that. Yeah. And, and that is going to be pretty wired in there, I imagine, because like you said, safety is like base you know, our base need. And so how does one start to, first of all, maybe understand that's what they're doing, that that's the reason it's more of a trauma response than just wanting to be liked and appreciated? Yes. So I think that it really kind of boils down a lot of the time to, to the aspects of your self-worth as well. Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, the difference is trauma plays a huge role in some of these, especially in uh, people pleasing. And so that's where you can identify where they might be coming from. Maybe a lack of confidence versus like, oh, this was a trauma response like a really long time ago that I just held on to. Um, I will admit that therapy has been a very huge part of all of this. It's been very helpful. I did not come up with these concepts on my own. Um, I often say that the thing that got you into the mess is not going to get you out of the mess. So we often need additional support. 
you'll also like this too. I feel like uh, the body's got to do something in order to change up here too. Like, especially when you can't, yeah, when you can't get out of here, you got to move, you got to do something. And so that was very helpful. But um, but yeah, that making that distinction and understanding that, oh, this isn't just like, I might have some confidence issues. This was something that has been rooted in me for a very long time. And I could also start to pinpoint the times that I could recognize when this probably got brought out. You know, a lot of stuff that I ever glazed over, didn't really remember all that much for a while. Um, but when I started doing all of this work on myself, it was important that I be able to at least kind of try because how you start working through that is with the identification that, oh, this is here and it's real. Um, it's really kind of accepting that this is a part of you. I didn't know for a long time, you know, I just... I honestly thought I was really messed up. You know, I just mm -hmm. thought I was a me like just a mess. I didn't get it. But once you start to identify these pieces and, and organize it, it makes a lot more sense. It so does. was hugely helpful. Um, and like the biggest thing, because I get this question all the time too, because I, I do make a lot of content on people pleasing because I feel like you teach best the things that you know and live, yes. especially when you're actively kind of processing through it, um, is really learning to set boundaries and keep them and continue to set them even though it's uncomfortable. Knowing and that, that, was, that was actually one of my questions. And you just led me right into it. Like, yeah. So how does one set boundaries? Like how is it where you start to like, I imagine a lot of the tools are about inner listening, like actually like, really listening because we do, we all come into the world with some very hardwired, instinctive, responses. <laughs> and so I think we can, by listening to that, like, oh, that's not, doesn't make me feel good. Is that the, when you say, like, how does one set boundaries? I guess yeah. in the most pragmatic way you could, you can offer. Yeah. So it's tricky because that not feeling good is a very confusing feeling for exactly. a lot of people, because like you said earlier, being, uh, making sure that you're safe is, exactly 100% how we're hardwired. So if you look at most aspects of life and things you might struggle through in that regard, okay, what am I getting out of this? Am I, do I not feel safe? Am I lacking control? And therefore, you know, that puts me in a position where I might not have that much safety. It makes it a lot easier to kind of see why you might have these triggers. Um, obviously that's very watered down and you want to apply it as needed to everyone else's story in their situation. Um, but honestly, the the thing that comes to mind the most when I think about that is that you have to understand yourself and you have to really like develop a relationship with yourself before anything else. Because if you don't know why you're doing certain things and it makes it really hard to set boundaries, right? And you might think that you're setting boundaries, but then it doesn't really align with what's in your best interest. We don't know what's in our best interest because we've never really practiced that because we have all of these patterns from our upbringing. And it's like, well, this is all I've ever known. And what I think is good for me is what's going to keep me safe, even though it's not really sustainable and it's not really in my best interest. And so I literally started all of this work by being alone. I, for like three weeks, didn't see anybody, didn't do anything because I kind of was just, honestly, I was like, what is going on? Like, I, I can't even make sense of any of this. And so I have to get quiet. And so I spent a lot of time alone. I spent a lot of time with myself. I was like, what don't I like about my life? Why am I continuing to do this? 
which is a very loaded question. And a lot of this was helped through with therapy. It wasn't like, oh, I answered it. Now I'm done. We're almost three years into this process and I'm still trying to understand why I have done the things that I do and learning to make better choices for myself. But you have to understand what you have to work with first. Otherwise, you can't do anything about it, right? Um, so then once I started to learn why I have these responses and why I do the things that I do and how it's not serving me, but it's also keeping me in a place where I'm not super uncomfortable, it was able I was able to understand a little bit better what's going to be in my best interest moving forward. And that's where you set your boundaries, right? If it's like, well, I don't want to make this person mad, but also I'm going to be really tired if I don't, if I go to this event, but I don't want to make them mad. And I really kind of don't want to go to this event because I'm going to be exhausted, but you know, whatever. And instead of it being, well, I really don't want to make my friend mad. So I'm just going to go. Instead, you start to learn, okay, this, it's so much more important to make sure you prioritize your rest, right? Your friend might not even be mad at you. You might be telling yourself that, but they might not even be mad at you, but they're going to get over and it's going to be fine. Well, what's funny is when you're looking at a situation like that, well, my friend might be mad at me. What you're probably thinking is my friend might be so mad that they don't want to be my friend anymore, right? And you're looking at it in this really intense lens that might not even be true. That's why it takes it takes so long to get your brain to unravel, right? Yeah, I mean, this why really- Why doing I, what it's doing? Yeah, it makes me think about, you hear about all the time and I, I have a, it's happened with a cousin. I mean, it's just like somebody who grows up with alcoholism, you think, oh, they see all the negative and all this, and then they marry an alcoholic. It's like, what? Wouldn't yeah. they know exactly what they don't want? But it's like, like you said, there is a safety in what you know, mm -hmm. and that's all you know. So it's like you have to, it's like you basically have to rewire and, and put in a different hard drive. <laughs> yes, 100%. And it takes time. And mm -hmm. I also make sure to tell every single person that wants to like start this journey or every person I talk to about their mental health or whatever, because I think that it's an important disclaimer that people don't always get. And we often have, a lot of us want this like instant gratification or oh, even yes. if it's instant, just quick, like quickly, let's move it along. Um, and to really honor and respect the process, you have to know that it is not quick. Not at all. Exactly. And it gets better. And then it and then maybe not so much because life still happens. And especially when you're in when you've lived in this fight or flight for so long, this fight or flight response. And when you have this, you know, with me, it was this like this fawning response, right? This people pleasing, like, oh, I'm just gonna make myself smaller. I'm just gonna adhere to the needs of other people because if I don't, if I ask for what I need, like it might retaliate against me, right? And then I'm gonna be put in a position where I'm not saying I don't want that, right? Like your your brain just spirals. Um how are you supposed to undo something that's been lifelong? Okay, I'm 30. So I started this when I was 27. How am I supposed to undo that in a week, in a couple months, when it's been 27 years to date of me doing this, right? And so I try to plant that seed in everyone's brain. Not like, hey, this is going to be real hard and it's going to take a long time. No, 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 no. It's just important to know that this will take time. And it's so cliche that people are like, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. No, seriously, it's about the journey yes. because you learn so much along the way. Also, there's no destination. This is an ongoing process. We learn throughout life. There's always going to be something that comes up, right? But again, it's not to say that it's always going to be so heart-wrenching and so distressing. You Once you learn about your triggers, you can navigate them better. It's not this excruciating process forever. And I can say that as someone who went from it being excruciating and I was like, why do people do this? This is <laughs> awful. Like, 
I'm not having fun. And then you stay at it a little bit longer. And oh my gosh, do you have more autonomy? You have more control over your life. Things are not so noisy. Things are not so stressful. I can sleep better. Like it's so worth it, even though it's very agonizing at certain points. So I think it's important for people to kind of know that, but also kind of hearing that from someone just like, hey, it's going to be fine. It's just going to take a while. But guess what? Like there are other people along with you. I've done it before. I think that's also really a, a helpful note for people is being like, remember, I'm in this position mm -hmm. where like you even know me and want me to help you because I talked about the fact that like this stuff was hard, you know, yeah. I think that helps people. They're like, oh, absolutely. Then right. like, you know, and it's true. If if that girl can do it, then literally anybody can because I was not in a good place at all. I don't well, even recognize myself from three years ago. Oh, I applaud you for that. I know that. And I, I really commend you for sharing it because I know there have obviously been, you know, the highs and the lows along with that. But yeah. do you feel in a way that this whole journey, and I, I agree with you, I, I think it's not just that it's going to take time, it might be a lifetime. And that's okay. Exactly. Like you said, that's part of the process. But do you feel it's a way of like befriending yourself in a way? Like really, because you know, when you're in that more fight or flight, I feel like you like kind of leave yourself. I mean, that's, yes. called, you know, we disassociate, but it's Those like, yes. right. You like, and here it's like coming back and being like, okay. Um, do you feel like you have done that more and more? Yes. It's kind of a dance between befriending myself and like parenting myself. It's mm -hmm. very interesting mm -hmm. and I'm not a parent, but I can imagine this is kind of what it feels like. It's, but it's weird because it's you in your right. own body and you kind of have to uh, it's it's been like a super bizarre process, but 100%. It's also you becoming your own friend, your own best friend, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can be your own worst enemy, and you can have these these voices that tell you the most heinous things about yourself, or you can be your biggest cheerleader, and you can actually do that. I think I think people forget, and it's, or it's very hard to believe in many people. Obviously, it was for me too that you can change that, but you yeah. absolutely can, um, and. It's important, though, especially to become a friend to yourself because you can't like you don't understand a stranger, right? Like when strangers do things, you're just kind of filling in the gaps and conceptualizing, but you don't really understand where strangers do things. If you're good friends with somebody, then you understand why they do the things that they do. You're also able to give them grace and forgiveness, all of it. Make, yes, exactly. So it takes time, though, for someone to become a friend versus a stranger. And a lot of the time when we're in fight or flight, we don't understand what we're doing or we can't make sense of who we are. And we're strangers. And therefore, there's no grace. There's no forgiveness. There's no anything. It's just kind of like you're against me and you're doing things that are hindering me from feeling good and you're getting in my way. And it's this constant fight with yourself. But a friend it's like no matter what, they're going to be there, right? When you really are good best friends with somebody, no matter what happens, you feel like you're supported and you feel like you're going to be there. Very similarly to like a parent, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, things are scary. Like, you know, what am I going to do? And then you go to your parent or you learn to parent yourself and you might still have those emotional responses that you had before, but you can talk to yourself in a way where you are able to guide and come out of it. Very similarly to a parent where best friends might not always do that. Sometimes they do. I would like to think that I'm that kind of a friend, but a lot of the time it's more of like a comfort thing. More of like they're there no matter what, they're gonna be there to support and you've got that. But that parenting side, it's different, right? 
it, but yes. it, it, like, they feel differently at different times. And so I think there's a little bit of both of those because in order to really rewire your brain and do things differently, you have to teach yourself to do things differently. And the earliest model that we have of someone doing that is our parent. So, yeah, I, I love that because I, I think it's exactly this. And I often say like, this is the longest relationship you're going to have with anyone, right? Yeah. I mean, your parent is not going to be most likely some, yeah. but for really, so it's so worth making that like your, your ally and yes. um, all of it. So, uh, well, tell us, um, besides your therapy that you do, what are some other tools that have helped you? And I, I know this is not like apply all, but it's just in sure. your, in the sharing vein, like what else has yeah. really helped you along the way? Yeah. So, um, a couple, a couple of them are nature. I feel like above anything, Oh my God, please. I swear. Like, and I know that we have research on it mm -hmm. plenty, but nature is my home. It's why mm -hmm. I've had multiple friends, like different friends that didn't know each other, basically say, like, Ari is a plant. You literally could just plant her outside. You give her water, you give her sunlight, she's going to grow. And they're correct. I'm always outside when I can be. Um, I, you know, I typically go outside at night and have like this whole routine where I will ground, which I'm sure you're very familiar with and love. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Grounding is my favorite. Um, I will ground. I will do a meditation typically, or I'll do a breathing exercise. Kind of depends on like where I'm at. Um, so those things have been immensely helpful for me. Other things too that I feel are a little bit more covert and people overlook is really prioritizing um, the fundamentals of your health. So like making sure you're getting enough water, making sure you're, you know, eating nutritious foods and prioritizing your sleep. Sleep has been a huge one. Um, the body really needs to rest after it's been through a period of stress and it's constantly charged and turned on. And I think it's very underestimated how much time you might need for that. So sleep was immensely helpful. Um, other things that I have done too, this one especially was really good for my sleep was, uh, yoga nidra. This was something that was again, like recommended to me by one of my friends who had been doing it for a while. Um, so kind of meditation, but more of like a recentering practice because all of these things kind of do similar stuff, but different stuff. Mm -hmm. And the recentering was, that's really the kicker. And I mean, talking to yourself, spending time with yourself, like really kind of working through what you're feeling, feeling your emotions um, is important. Um, but really any recentering practice is going to be helpful because if you want to learn to have your own compass and life and move forward in your own frame, then you have to know what your pillars are. You have to have that foundation in yourself, right? Um, so those are really big ones. Um, exercise, obviously, but that one... I'm again, I'm like a nature girl. So I'm like in hikes all the time and I'm out there and I'll usually find a rock where I can do a quick meditation or even sometimes this is another one too, is like journaling. Mm -hmm. I don't usually carry a journal though. Sometimes I'll actually write on paper. It's more so like using my phone, like my notes section and just hammering out everything I'm thinking, feeling if it's all over the place. I think this is also underestimated that sometimes just harnessing in all of those thoughts and all of those things you think are going on in your brain, you write them out and there's like four things. You're like, oh, this isn't, I mean, it's like a, it's like a brain dump. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. It's like, oh, yeah, exactly. You think there are like 50 things that are going on when you really write them out and you're like, oh, this could boil down to about four or five. 
Um, and so that's helpful too, because again, if it's if it's left up here, it's just going to kind of circle, spiral, whatever. You need to get it out, and it can be very therapeutic to just get out what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Um, you know, I've used this in a in a number of different different ways, and so journaling has been helpful too. Um, yeah, I mean, those are kind of the. Those are great. I love it that you that you touched on like the basics basics yeah. quote unquote sleep yeah. hydration food sleep is huge and yeah. yoga nidra for anybody you you literally can google it and there's lots of yeah. um the sample they say pretty much the same thing but it yeah. is it's like that um body scan combined with deep relaxation which yeah. is really helpful for the nervous system that's a great and, way of describing it yeah mm -hmm. and i mean they're they're on spotify too which i think is great at any time yeah. i recommend it i'm like Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. There are plenty of them. Um, you might need to find the thing that works for you and that you like. There are definitely some that don't jive with me. But yeah, essentially, they're all the same. And it's really just checking in on the full body, which is great because it brings your awareness back to exactly. you and like how you're feeling and different sensations. So yeah. Mm. Well, I could talk to you so much longer, but I'm going to just leave on this high note of just um, everyone please check out Aria. Can you tell, we're going to have this in the show notes, but just yes. talk a little bit about what you have. Um, if somebody wanted to work with you, how they could book an appointment and then your upcoming recently launched podcast. Yes. So on my Instagram and my TikTok or whatever, um, I have a beacons link on there, which has a couple different things on there, but my scheduling link is there. Um, also people can email me. It's just, uh, Dr. Aria Young. So Dr. Aria Young at gmail.com. Most people just email me there if they need something. Um, so everything is on there though, if they can find my social media. And as far as the podcast goes, it will be out in June. So probably around the time that this launches, um, which is really exciting. So it's called Better Days Ahead. Mm. And you can imagine it's very mental health based. It's got a lot of, you know, thoughts throughout the day and things that will help people, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's really just kind of meant to be a, a kind of an extension of my social media. So more supportive content, things that people can listen to, connect to, and again, not feel like they're so alone. Mm, so I love that. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I just adore you. I can't wait to meet you in person someday. <laughs> Oh my gosh, same. This was so special. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you. And for everyone who's listening, as always, I'm pulling for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 